0: From the capital city, I'm Ken Smith. Juneau police arrested a man for possession of narcotics believed to be fentanyl. The police are awaiting confirmation of the content of the drug, which would take about two weeks, they said. The investigation began on January 19th when members of the Southeast Alaska Cities Against Drugs Task Force located a suspicious parcel being shipped to Juneau in the mail. A search warrant was issued and officers seized the package and inside were 86 grams of methamphetamine and 1,000 pills believed to contain fentanyl. The pills were round, blue, and imprinted with the markings M30. The following day, police delivered a package to its intended destination, a residence in the 4200 block of Ptarmigan Street. Police served a search warrant on the residence when 46-year-old Juno resident Anthony Lynn Byford Fled from the area on foot. Byford was detained by police and it was determined that he opened the delivered package. During a search of the residence, police found additional controlled substances and a pistol. Byford was placed under arrest and taken to the Lemon Creek Correction Center. Lieutenant Craig Campbell of the Juno Police Department says Byford has been charged with two felonies. So the
1: charges, you got uh, one charge of attempting misconduct involving controlled steps in the second degree, a class B felony. And the other charge is attempted misconduct involving a controlled substance in the third degree, a Class D felony.
0: The seized narcotics have an estimated street value of $49,000. Campbell says the street value in Juneau varies, but is higher than what is being sold in the lower 48.
1: You know, they go from, uh, they can vary, and it typically varies from time of the year, if it's something scarce, uh, location across Alaska. In Juneau, we've seen prices at about thirty-five uh, to hundred dollars a pill at times, and roughly right now, that's about a forty dollars, is what I've been told.
0: Because of the higher street value, he says more drugs are way to Alaska.
1: The market in Alaska, as it's like, I guess, everything you know, our milk, uh, but it's a higher price here in Alaska, and so it makes Alaska a very lucrative. Place to import drugs because someone down south is buying it from a, a low amount. They're shipping up here and selling it at a high amount.
0: Andy says they are seeing more and more of the type of drug they seized in this case.
1: I think for fentanyl, definitely uh, we've seen just a more and more. I mean, probably even since this summer, we had some pretty significant drug bust uh, fentanyl coming into town, and it just. Taking place as one of the main drugs of choice for people that's being coming into town, uh, we're so we're definitely seeing a high uptick in fentanyl coming into Juno.
0: Two men in Skagway died last month during one weekend from a drug believed to be fentanyl. Campbell says the pills they seized in this case are similar to the ones confiscated in Skagway and fentanyl seized in other parts of the state.
1: Makeup of it and you know the design everything is. All very similar to the stuff in Skagway. Um, they get it up in Sitka, Anchorage, all those places. It's, it's a very similar product. Can't, not saying that it's coming from the same, you know, person who's bringing it into town, but it's, you know, it's designed to look a specific way, and
2: that's what we're saying.
0: The Juneau Police Department is participating in an Alaska high intensity drug trafficking area program. Campbell provides the details
1: the Juneau Police Department is participating in a statewide advertising campaign designed to help communities partner with law enforcement in the fight against drug trafficking in Alaska. Recognizing that no single agency can fight this battle alone, the Juno Police Department joined other participating law enforcement agencies of the Alaska high-intensity drug trafficking area, known as HIDA, to remove illicit fentanyl and other dangerous drugs from the community of Juneau and communities throughout Alaska. The Alaska-HIDA program, designated in May 2018, is spread throughout the state and includes partnerships between local, state, and federal law enforcement agencies. The Juneau Police Department is a participating agency in CCAD, Southeast Alaska Cities Against Drugs, a regional task force comprised of municipal police departments, Alaska State Troopers, Federal Bureau of Investigation, Drug Enforcement Administration, United States Postal Inspection Service, and Coast Guard Investigative Service. CCAT is part of the HIDA program focusing on drug investigations in southeast Alaska.
0: And for people who want to submit a crime tip, he explains how. The
1: Juneau Police Department and participating HIDA law enforcement agencies are encouraging the public to report suspicious drug trafficking activity to AK Tips, which can be done quickly online while remaining anonymous. Just download the AK Tips smartphone app for iOS and Android. Alternatively, you can submit a tip securely online at the following website, akhida.org. Or text keyword AK tips, followed by your crime tip to 847 411. Anonymous tips for Juno can also be made through JunoCrimeline.com.
0: Juno Mayor Beth Weldon was on KINY's action line. She says the rebound year last year from the prior year's COVID shutdowns to the economy was a little higher than expected, but not back to the normal revenues of the past. Now the city is planning for fiscal year 2024. A lot is based on predicting sales tax revenue, which has been challenging because of the anomalies of the tax during the COVID years. Much is based on estimates right now, she says.
3: By the time we get to our budget, which we'll get the manager's budget April 1st, we'll have at least the first quarter of this year um, sales tax. So we can see if um, Jeff's predictions are
0: standing true or if they're going to have to be adjusted. June 30th is the deadline for the budget to be finalized. She says there are other challenges beyond predicting revenue. I would say the greatest challenge is just trying to uh, get people that
3: uh, come from different sides, trying to find the happy medium ground that doesn't make anybody happy, but we
0: have to accept it. Some of her priorities this year, Weldon says, is addressing housing needs with new building projects as well and child care. Even though we've given a lot for a city, um, and we're
3: one of the few communities in Alaska to do so, to child care, um, it's still struggling. And, um, you know, time and time again, we hear the importance of child care. So
0: that'll be one of the issues that uh, we're still working on. And attracting new workers to the city is also a top priority, she says.
3: We covered that like the last finance meeting, and we're just um, starting to see it on this assembly, which we can talk about in a little bit, is trying to come up with ways to attract people actually just to the city and borough of let not alone, just the city itself. And so the three things that the municipality came up with are signing bonuses, um, dependent care, whether it's help with child care or elder care or some other type of
0: care, and uh, city 401k out. The roadless rule is going to be implemented in the Tongass National Forest. Jazz Garrett spoke to some opposed to it. $286 million of federal funding will upgrade access for 35 coastal communities. And the Alaska Department of Public Safety Statewide Drug Enforcement Unit released its annual drug report. Those stories coming up on News of the North. Welcome back to News of the North. After speaking with members of Southeast Alaska Conservation Council, that holdless rule for the Tongass National Forest, which is just reinstated by the Biden administration, News of the North reached out to opposing sides. Here's Jazz Garrett with more.
4: The roadless rule that protects 9.3 million acres of the Tongass National Rainforest has been officially reinstated in the Federal Register today. John Boyle, Commissioner of the Alaska Department of Natural Resources, talked with News of the North regarding the state's position. The
2: problem with the way that this issue has been framed is that it's been framed as an either-or kind of proposition. The federal government has actually pivoted to just citing some concerns raised by some of the Alaska Native community in Southeast as sort of the justification for the imposition of this rule. But the reality is you can have a sustainable forest industry. You can build roads, you can expand fiber optic lines, you can build hydroelectric projects, and do all the things that you need to do to support healthy economy and strong communities in southeast Alaska, and do it in a way that still maintains the beauty and the grandeur of this part of the state that that many of us love.
4: Boyle states that this decision has some negative impacts on Alaska's economy.
2: The wood products industry, relies on a dependable supply of timber to stay in business. And the roadless rule puts this entire economic sector in peril. And those same restrictions prohibiting roads also work against renewable energy development, mining, fiber optic links, and basic road transportation linkages between Southeast Alaska communities that most people in the lower 48 take for granted. And quite frankly, many businesses and industries don't look at Southeast Alaska for economic opportunities because it's too difficult, too expensive, and regulatorily too uncertain to set up operations.
4: He adds that the roadless rule prevents easy accessibility for tourists. The roadless rule
2: won't necessarily destroy the allure of Alaska tourism, but certainly prevents many travelers from seriously considering the Southeast as viable vacation destination just given the lack of access by car. I mean, you know, not everybody can afford or wants to travel to southeast Alaska on a cruise ship or via airplane. For many Americans, it's the most affordable transportation and, and vacation option that's out there.
4: John Boyle, Commissioner of the Alaska Department of Natural Resources.
0: The Federal Transit Administration has committed nearly $286 million to upgrading access for 35 coastal communities, focusing primarily on rural communities. The grants to Alaska Department of Transportation and Public Utilities, part of a $384.4 million in federal funding from President Biden's bipartisan infrastructure law to expand and improve the nation's ferry service in communities across the country, as well as accelerate the transition to zero-emission transportation. The funding allows Alaskans better access to jobs, schools, and health care. Senator Lisa Murkowski says the opportunity to serve Alaskans' coastal communities with electric ferries is the future going forward.
5: To the electric and low-emitting ferries pilot program. We have some communities that are very far apart. And the ferry run from peninsula area of south-central Alaska over to Kodiak or down to Dutch Harbor is a long ways to go. We're probably not going to be seeing electric ferries out there. But in many parts of Southeastern, say between Haines and Skagway, where your run is just a, a few hours, to be able to plug in literally shoreside, as we're seeing uh, some of our cruise ships be able to do in certain ports, it's access, it's connection, but is also recognizing that we're doing all that we can
0: Murkowski reinforced how vital ferry service is to Alaskans.
5: Into Titlick not too many months back, had an opportunity to go out on the dock to hear directly from the townspeople in this small community what ferry service means to them. It is their lifeline. For these small communities, it is significant. What it will mean to Cordova, what it means to, to Juneau to have these dock improvements, to recognize that the Tustamina will finally be replaced we call it the rusty tusty and boy oh boy is she durable and she's tough but she has had a pretty long life for a vessel that is out in the pacific waters and being able to finally move forward with a replacement for her is extraordinary
0: the alaska department of public safety statewide drug enforcement unit released its annual drug report highlighting trends in illegal narcotics trafficking in alaska Alaska law enforcement seized millions of doses of fentanyl in 2022, including 26.85 kilograms of the drug, which is approximately 13.4 million potential fatal doses. In 2022, the Drug Enforcement Unit made 102 unique drug and alcohol arrests in the state. And from 2021 to 22... There was a 68% increase in methamphetamine seizures and a 77% increase in cocaine seizures. The report stated that international drug trafficking organizations continue to gravitate towards Alaska's lucrative drug market, looking to exploit Alaska's remote areas, high demand, and limited law enforcement resources in these remote parts. Never miss a news story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. I'm Ken Smith for News of the North.